This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going Going well, Doc. Uh, it's cold, as you know. Um, I think we're in, in midwinter now, and and it shows. So you know, I'll spare you the you know the uh, description of my long johns and my, my sort of thermal socks from Diskin, but I can assure you they've been practically deployed. <laughs> like we've always said, uh, Gordon, we're so grateful that this is an audio AD feed. <laughs> People don't really need to see uh, your long johns. Uh, or whatever, you know. So all good. And uh, Gordon, yeah, it's that time of the year again, you know. It's Marketing Achievement Awards uh, season, like last year. Remember, we celebrated and we brought on uh, two categories. We brought on young rising stars under 35s and we profiled the, the finalists and then also the market of the year. And, and this year is no different. You know, I'm, again, part of the judging committee on both of those uh, those awards. And today we've got our first guest in this mini-series on, uh, on marketing achievements. Fantastic. It's, it's, it's a marvelous initiative, uh, and I think uh, we really enjoyed it uh, last year, working through you know, some of the, uh, the stalwarts of the industry and balancing those uh, perspectives between the people who've you know, walked the long road and the people who are just sort of engaging on, on that road. And between the two, the balance between the two for me was, was outstanding. I think that's where the the real learning comes from the balancing of new perspectives with the experience of, of, of old perspectives. It is very, very exciting, and I'm looking forward to this series now coming up in the, in the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely, and it is great. I mean, you know, without taking up more time, I mean, our first guest is in the Rising Stars category, so the under-35s. Jared Patel, Jared, welcome. Uh, firstly, congratulations on on being a finalist. I mean, that's a fantastic achievement, and uh, I mean, it must be great for you. Hi, Doug. Yes, thank you very much, and thank you for having me uh, on the show. 
Um, and I'd, I'd like to thank you also um, for you know, considering me as a, as, a, as a finalist for the awards. I think just the awards in general are something I would also like you to thank you guys for. Uh, you know, it's often that marketers often spend time marketing their own brands and don't kind of market ourselves enough. And I think it's quite nice to have that recognition. So appreciate it. And, and also for this show, you know. It's also something that um, you know, gets, gets exposure for not just um, the people behind the scene, but also the work that we do behind the scenes. So it's really great. And thank you for that. Yeah, thanks, Jared. And I appreciate, you know, I don't know Gordon does as well your kind words. And I think, you know, when we set out, it was always that intention of not just us talking, although, you know, I think through the years, we've obviously gained a lot of knowledge, but it's having great guests, you know, having people like yourself coming through the system. And as Gordon says, you know, people who are at different stages of the careers, great, valuable lessons. So thanks a lot. I mean, let's get straight into it. I mean, today, you're the head of sure. marketing for, for the Sea Harvest Group. So let's just talk yeah. a little bit about your job and then let's talk about your current marketing and also, you know, for our listeners, sure. the entry that you've submitted to get yourself into the top five uh, finalists for Rising Stars. Sure, sure. So uh, to start with um, my role, so I'm the head of marketing at the Sea Harvest Group. Sea Harvest Group has grown substantially over the time that I've been here. Um I, at the moment, um, well, okay, so if we, if we look at the group in general, uh, it's headlined by the Sea Harvest Fork, which is the fishing arm of the business. That's got multiple divisions within it. So the one that people or consumers and people in South Africa are most familiar with is the, the supermarket retail business, right? So that's the, um, the boxes that you'll see in freezers and your pick and pays and checkers and spas. And um, that's where may, most of like the brand is, 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 uh, sits. But the business is much bigger than that. It's also the food service arm. It's the, um, our international arm, our exports uh, division. We also have 16 factory shops in South Africa, which we started a few years ago. Um, and that makes up the Sea Harvest Corp. Uh, my role within that is, is basically all of the marketing that, that we do uh, within those divisions. Um, we focus mainly on the brand in South Africa. Um, uh, we also have a brand presence in Australia, but the Sea Harvest brand itself is focused in South Africa. And, um, and that role is really, you know, beginning to end. It's from productive to um, pricing strategies to uh, distribution to aiding um, you know, promotions and advertising, et cetera, within the, the local arm. We also, in the last few years, in 2018, we purchased Ladysmith Cheese Company, uh, the Sea Harvest Group. Um, so we have a controlling share of the Ladysmith Cheese Company. And uh, within that, uh, I also play a, uh, a role in terms of the marketing of, of that brand. Um, it already has a business structure. So in terms of like productive and distribution, et cetera, that they are, you know, people and businesses in place, but we, we, we definitely play a big role in terms of the advertising and promotional side of things. And then um, we also last year purchased another company called BM Foods. You may be familiar with the uh, Mediterranean delicacies brand, which you will see in some of uh, your supermarkets. And they also have a number of other small food brands. And, um, you know, we play a similar role in terms of, in terms of that, um, you know, adding some value in terms of being able to support uh, these smaller brands who, who want to be able 
to also um, you know develop their develop themselves as a FMCG brand in, in the country. So the Siobhan's group, as I said, you know, since I've joined has, has gone from one fishing brand to now a real food group. Uh, we have um, 12 different actual brands in, that, are, that are sitting in, this, uh, in South Africa at the moment uh, that you'll see anywhere in the retail space. Um, part of the group also now includes the, the Viking business, which is a, uh, which is a, a fishing and aquaculture business um, that we are also integrating into the into the sea harvest um, group itself. So, yeah, a lot of exciting developments that have happened since since I've been a part of it. And um, and yeah, in terms of the uh, in terms of the 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 actual entrant that got me into uh, the competition um, or as nominated at least. Um, we actually submitted two pieces of work, but the, the, the first one was um, a, a project that we called the Mealtime Heroes. So some background on that is quite a, you know, it's quite an interesting story. We, so I joined as head of marketing um, after uh, running part of the Sea Harvest business, uh, a division within the business that came back into, uh, into marketing um, as the head of marketing. And the biggest issue that we had at that point was that our fish finger category, which and fish fingers is the biggest in terms of supermarket retail, um, the, the, the fish finger category is the biggest one. So we were seeing massive declines in our, our, our fish finger, uh, in the fish finger category for sea harvest. And we had to get to the bottom of it. So um, you know, we, you know, traditionally we are you know, very strong in, in, in terms of fish fingers. So we did a lot of research, um, starting with, you know, product testing, we did, um, consumer testing, we did focus groups, we did, you know, quantitative analysis, we did pricing studies. Um, we did, um, you know, shop alongs, you know, we really, we, we went all out, we went all, all over the country profiling different types of people, finding out what is, what is happening with this. Um, so the, I mean, the main thing was, uh, around product in, inconsistency and, uh, we sorted that out. We did a whole lot of tests. We got kids involved because those are our main consumers, right? So try to make sure that, uh, when they're dipping their fish fingers in tomato sauce and eating it, that they, they're happy. Um, and, uh, they, you know, they were the main kind of proponents in terms of guiding us on what to do to change it. Um, and we also had to find some other insights, right? And the main insights were that, uh, along with the product inconsistencies with the crumb that we had also, um, you know, there were some health, uh, kind of misconceptions with fish fingers, um, the health benefits of fish fingers, as well as they're quite, it's quite a cold and, you know, undifferentiated and uninviting space, a freeze aisle, right? And we, we had to now try to liven that up and find ways to make that a little bit more appealing to consumers and people. So um, after we, we relaunched the product, we, we, re, we, we redid the recipe on the product inside, you know, found out what people wanted. We actually won product of the year in uh, the end of 2020. Um, and then we, we obviously needed to tell people about this and, and make it a little bit more interesting for people. So we, we had this, I had this wild idea that I took to my agency 
um, about actually injecting some life into the into the category by uh, creating these fish finger animated mascots, um, and uh, we um, they they basically are almost like a play on sausage party, but not as risque if you've ever watched it. And uh, we, um, we 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 made them into like these superhero spoofy characters. Um, the the incredible Hake, um, Captain Crisp, and Omega Mind. Um, and it was quite funny. I, w- I went into my CEO's office at that time um, with like a half drawn version of these things, not quite developed yet, and. Um, and said, look, this is the idea that I have for reinvigorating this category. And you can imagine his reaction to that. I think I was lucky that he he believed in me more than really the idea or the concept at that time. Um, and he said, you know, kind of go for it. And we made this and we made it into a full blown kind of integrated campaign. Um, uh, for, you know, all the way from from a, a, a huge in-store point of sale presence to creating mascots real life mascots in all the regions that we're in um, with, with, a, with a song and a dance and activations. We developed a, a Sea Harvest food truck, which has been phenomenal since then, uh, that goes around to different stores, our main stores and cooks up free meals for people. And we have our, our characters outside the, the, the truck doing a song and dance and converting people at, at point of sale with uh, these products. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's blown up since then. And I think, you know, the, the main thing about it is that we had fun with it. You know, we, we really had fun with it and we took it kind of to the next level and it, and it grew from there and people, people liked the idea it caught on. Um, so yeah, that was, that, that was the, the mealtime heroes. I think that was, that was the main thing that I submitted um, as, part of my, as part of my entry, yeah. Just to add to that, I mean, as you say, you know, the, the, the lessons for, for, I guess, younger marketers out there is to do a really – firstly, start with the robust research and get to the bottom of the, the issue, which is what you were saying, as opposed yeah. to just jumping to a creative solution and saying, well, let's just yes. throw advertising money at it. I think that's such an important lesson. And then from there on out, looking at your core, your core audience, which is, as you say, kids, and then doing that multidisciplinary approach – of uh, of touching various touch points. And it's, it's so important, Gordon. And I mean, you know, from a media point of view, uh, and I know that's something that you want to discuss, is is it's not sometimes there's no silver bullet. You know, you can't just go and say, it's just in store, you know, or it's just the food truck, or it's just uh, a radio campaign, as an example. It's often integrated. No, I think, you know, that uh, just to come back to the issue of mealtime heroes, my definition of a mealtime hero is anybody who's prepared to eat what I cook uh, at home. Um, so <laughs> thanks to my family that are uh, embracing my new desire to uh, to re uh, sort of reinvigorate my culinary skills. Although I must say, uh, fish fingers are now very much part of my uh, repertoire because I you know, have now got an, an air fryer. Oh, and really if you're struggling to get the texture of your fish fingers right, just go and get an air fryer. It's just unbelievable. So uh, it's mainstream now for us uh, in our household. But you know, you know, what's intriguing to me is, is listening to the key words, uh, Jared, that you've been talking about. You talk, 
about your retail relationships. You talked about in-store. Um, the whole category, to my surprise, you know, um, looking at it this last few days in preparation, is very traditional media light. Um, yes. And that, that's something which kind of stands out. Um, what's, where, where's the balance? You know, in, in the old days, if you had these delightful characters, um, television would have been a natural play. Um, and it might, in many instances, have been the total play. How have you balanced that need to generate sort of brand awareness and brand love with the, the in-store applications, the, uh, the mascots, the, the, the truck? That, for me, is the interesting part of the story, the balance. And you didn't just default to the standard approach, traditional media. Yes, I mean, I think that, that, that is the challenge, you know. I think traditionally coming in, you know, 12 years ago even, um, you know, we had a few channels that we would lean on. Um, and, you know, uh, since then, you know, it, as basically food prices have increased, inflation has increased, um, we've tried to make it as, as easy as possible for our consumers to keep affording our products. Um, co-op advertising takes up a lot of our budget uh, and, you know, supporting our retailers takes up a lot of our budget. And we've, we've still got to find ways to, to advertise our products. Um, and we have to choose what we think, I think, are the best uh, in terms of being able to support our, uh, our, our customer journey at every single point. So we, you know, we obviously divide our, our customer journey into, you know, our consideration set, uh, you know, pre-purchase set, purchasing. Um, and and we, we, we have a look at what media lends itself best to each of those. And we have to make a decision then in terms of, all right, is traditional media going to be your traditional media? I think, you know, we, we talk about traditional and digital, but it's all real media with different channels, right? But is, uh, for example, TV and radio the best for us right now? Um, is uh, print going to be the best for us right now? Is digital going to be the best to support that? And I think we have in the past, um, you know, done more in the sense of, of TV, of radio, um, but we have to be able to sustain that for a long period of time. And I think with, with budgets being quite tight, particularly in our category where, where margins are not necessarily as high as maybe as people think, we have to be a bit smart with our budgets. And I think that gives us, uh, you know, and presents us with the challenge of trying to, you know, see which is going to be the most sustainable way to, 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 to get a message out. Um, a big part of us is around, uh, a big part of our category is around education and uh, and obviously being food it's it's a visual um, it's a visual category right so in in the consideration set and brand awareness set it's basically can you afford to do a television campaign where it's audiovisual or, or, or you know and if you can't what are the other things that you can do and, and that's why we've leaned on a lot of like digital video um, and we've we've tried to get reach and awareness out through digital video um, but in saying that, we also have in, uh, done a lot of like cooking shows, um, Afternoon, Afternoon Express, uh, Expresso, those types of lifestyle shows. Um, getting people at a consideration point on TV is also what we do, but not necessarily through brand advertising. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is a tough thing to balance. And I, I've often found like 
that there is a lot of value at the moment in traditional media. I think uh, a, a lot of marketers are leaning on digital media because there's, it's, it's easier to measure, right? And, you know, whether or not that's the lazy approach or not, um, but because there is, there are, you know, easy key, like uh, ways to, to measure it and it's, it's, it, it doesn't cost as much, you can tend to focus on it a bit more. But I think there's a lot of value in traditional media. And I think that, um, you know, we, we do find ways to, to balance, uh, uh, you know, our, our media mix. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jared. That's that's great, um, Gordon. I don't know if you wanted to just add something onto that. No, I, I, I'm just intrigued uh, by the the, uh, the thought that you took the concept to your agency. I hope you got a discount on your uh, retainer that month. If you take five years <laughs> to your agency, uh, that seems to be a, a role reversal. Um, you know, we may debate whether traditional media are less easily measured. Uh, than uh, digital media. I'm not sure I'd, I'd agree with you. I think digital media obviously get a more immediate measure uh, and, and more potential to link that immediate measure to an outcome. Uh, but the one thing for me which is intriguing in this, and, and here I, I, it's a question I don't know the answer to. In the past, one, one of the, you mentioned uh, you know, the freezer area, and you know, it's pretty tight. The space there is pretty tight. Back in the day, getting shelf space or freezer space was a function of, of how much money you put behind the van on television. How do you work with your retail partners then, you know, in terms of uh, attributing space, freezer space or shelf space for brands without a demonstrable kind of uh, investment in, in, in media upfront? That, that was the formula as it used to be. Maybe it's all changed now. Yeah, I mean, we don't really, I think for us, more space basically is more rate of sale. Um, if, if your brand, you know, does generally sell more, you generally get more space. Um, obviously, it helps if you are supporting your, your brand a, a lot in, in media. Um, but, you know, I think in general, if you look at the, the food and frozen space at the moment, the traditional media um, space is, is, as you said, is, is quite light. Um, I think it's just from a, from a perspective of not being able to have budgets that support uh, sustainable kind of campaigns. Um, and I think it, you, you see that a lot, like uh, not just in our frozen space, but in, in a, it's becoming a lot more in the food space. And I think if I look, if I think about when kind of I was growing up, we grew, we grew up with um, sea harvest ads, INJ ads, and a lot of FMCG ads just all over the TV. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have those ads committed to my, to my memory, uh, deep ingrained. So, uh, and, it's, and it's unfortunate that, you know, we at this time can't keep that kind of level of, of advertising going. Um, but we are finding innovative and smart ways to, to try to get around that, um, you know, being able to still produce uh, quality video still produce, um, um, uh, you know, uh, quality messaging and comms 
and being able to disperse that through through other means. Um, but as I said, it's not to say that we are completely not doing it. We we are finding you know where, where there is value where we can. We 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 tend to to put it up. Thanks, Jared. I think you know part of I mean I guess the lesson, and we always like to 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 leave a few lessons along the way for for our listeners is to actually look at your partnerships across the board and i know you've done it particularly well is look at and you mentioned you know your big retailers but not just your big retailers you know uh partners that go with fish fingers like for arguments like chips uh fish fingers yes. and chips and, and tomato sauce and, and so uh, i mean maybe you just want to touch a little bit on 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 that type of symbiotic relationship because sometimes brands yes. don't have that you know they've got to kind of fight their own fight whereas you know sometimes 100%. it's nice to think just sometimes just using a little bit of logic just look at the kid's plate and that's maybe the answer of saying well who else can i buddy up with in tough economic times 100 so yeah i think that that leads me on to um the other um thing that we submitted as part of the the awards um was so how this started off was we, we came out of lockdown and um, during lockdown, actually frozen food saw very, very good uh, increases and increases of people into the category because obviously people were forced to stay at home. And, um, you know, the, the best thing that you can do at that time, because you're visiting stores less as well, is buy frozen food. So um, the, fro- the frozen food category was increasing. Um, and we could look at like associated products that were being bought at the time uh, through the shopper data we have. And we saw McCain was uh, one of the one of the brands that was you know popping up a lot. Um, and obviously, it's you know people are buying when people are buying one thing in frozen, they're generally going to buy uh, another. Um, and how retailers work is that when when two products are on promotion at the same time, generally they'll pair them up in a in a in a in a broadsheet ad in a supermarket um, uh, catalog and um, and it, it would norm- it'll normally happens at random right so they'll pay up two products to put it as a meal solution bundle and you know I saw this happening and said look we don't want to be put up with anyone you know if we want to be in a combo most likely we'd like to be with McCain so we gave them a call and uh, we started speaking about, you know, kind of where we are in our marketing process, where they are in their marketing process. A lot of those th- things started marrying up. A lot of the things that they've done in terms of research were marrying up. And, um, you know, uh, I had this idea in terms of starting a marketing campaign with them. Approached their team. They, you know, they have a fantastic team at McCain. We, uh, and we, we got on very well and still getting on very well. And we came up with this campaign idea called Friends in Your Freezer. Um, it was a completely 50-50 joint marketing campaign. Um, and it, the intention of it was to, you know, obviously take advantage of the influx of people into the frozen aisles and, and to keep them there. So, um, yeah, and, and, and it, it, it ended up being a fantastic, another like fantastic integrated campaign we repositioned really our brands from you know you know just selling you know fish and just selling veggies and chips into a meal solution kind of uh, offering, and uh, all the advertising and marketing that we did were was around that was around creating these these meal solutions um, and inspiring people that uh, you know to stay within frozen because they of all the benefits that frozen has. 
um, the health benefits of frozen, the convenience benefits of frozen, and and also just making it uh, an interesting, exciting campaign. Both of us saw so good increases in in, uh, in sales from it um, over the period, and uh, it's led to a, yeah, it's led to a, like a blossoming relationship um, with with them now. Um, not just from a marketing point of view, but also productive, um, you know, kind of supply chain, etc. So. It's been, it's, been really, it's been really good. Just commenting on, on your points about the digital video, it's interesting. I've just been sort of um, doing a training workshop with, with a, an FMCG brand and sort of working through the whole TikTok model <clears throat> where TikTok have, their mantra is don't make ads, make TikToks. Yes, it, yes. It's, it's the actual digital videos, the sales point. Not, you don't advertise. Um, Andy Ross, uh you know, our branding uh, guru in South Africa always says, you know, don't interrupt the thing I'm, I'm interested in, be the thing I'm interested in. And TikTok had 72 million new subscribers in June. They reached potentially 11% of the entire global population. And so I, I get it. And, and I think this is the challenge for traditional um, video platforms like television is how do you get around that? I mean, you know, you make something that's so intriguing with a bit of characterization, particularly for young people. And suddenly it's a different game. I mean, you, 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 and you open up the potential for merchandising as part of that. Uh, I was going through the old Melbourne Metropolitan Railway campaign, which broke you know, all the records about 10 years ago, Dumb Ways to Die, uh, where they created this sort of, you know, just such a crazy video that you come and watch the thing. But they've generated $80 million in, in the past uh, 10 years on, on merchandising these little characters. So I think that's the real challenge, you know, that this approach uh, generates for, for television is you've gone way beyond watching the video. It's the play out in, in merchandising and, and everything that goes with it. So a very interesting case study. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome of uh, of the judging on, on the marketing excellence. That fortunately, you've got to make the tough call. I just sit here and enjoy it. <laughs> you know, and uh, and just Gordon, uh, I forgot about that campaign, Dumb Ways to Die. And you just reminded me now, it had a very catchy song. Now, I don't want to think about it too long because I don't want that silly song to be stuck into my head. Because, I mean, I remember for months at, the, at that time, we would reference that piece of work as an example. I'm going back a few years. So, um, so I'm going to quickly move on before, <laughs> Jared, just as we're moving towards the end. I mean, uh, uh, we've got so many more questions and it's just been great chatting to you. I mean, well done again on two great campaigns um, and partnerships and, and alliances and understanding the big picture. And I mean, part of, I guess, you know, the criticism against marketers and moving towards modern marketers is having a business approach, you know, not an advertising lens only. So with that, I'm going to yes. ask you my last question, which is a double-barreled one, and that is around um, any advice that you have for young marketers out there. And secondly, yeah. what skills do you believe are paramount for now and, and into the immediate future? Sure. Um, look, I think I can only really give advice from like my own career in terms of when, when I've seen growth in my career and when I have plateaued or haven't you know, really been growing. And I think the, the times where I've seen growth in my career is when um, you get out of that box you know, uh, of what people think marketers are and actually start um, getting involved in the entire business. Um, and I think, you know, mar marketers are the link between 
the the company and the consumer, right? And I think you, in order for you to be that link, you need to understand the company as much as possible, and to you know to to make yourself involved across functions. So, like you know, the first thing that that happened to me when I joined Sea Harvest um, twelve years ago now is that in my uh, grad program, as part of the grad program, in the first few weeks, they put me on a vessel for six days out deep sea fishing and got me to experience what it was like to, to be a fisherman on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a sea harvest vessel, which is, you know, uh, really an unbelievable experience. Uh, and it, but, but it set the tone for really getting to know the business really, you know, from, from A to Z. And I, I strongly believe that CEOs should be coming from marketing more than any other function. Um, for that reason, you know, you, you understand the business better than anyone. You understand how, cons- why consumers buy your product better than anyone. You should have a very good idea of the narrative of uh, your brand and, and PR relevant to it. Um, and, you know, the only way you're going to get to that point is to be, get out of the box of what, um, what people think marketers do and to, to really involve yourself in the business from A to Z. So that's what I, I, I would say. And that's, that's something that's, that's see, I've seen growth in my career. Um, and in terms of what I think, you know, uh, the, the skills that marketers need to, to add to that, I think, you know, a lot of people, um, I think correctly say a firm grasp of, of data and analytics, but, but it's also the soft skills to add to those things, right? So having understanding and empathy and compassion for um, who your customers are, um, who your market is. And, you know, I, I think a good example of that is, you know, we, often as marketers, we, um, we see things just from our perspective or we see our brand just from our perspective and don't take a step out to think about what our, you know, market and, and uh, customer group is, you know, and a, a good example of that is to, is to look at like advertising and marketing and see how little is in other languages, um, especially in South Africa, um, how little is in other languages and, and, and how little is, is from a real perspective of maybe an average South African. I think we as marketers need to, need to do that better. I, I'm also at fault for that. I think, you know, in general, we need to have a better understanding of who our market is um, and often reflect on that. So, yeah, I think that's from, from, my, from my understanding. Great. Jared, thanks very much for those valuable lessons. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, uh, our listeners are, are listening to that because you're one of the finalists. And again, from my side, well done. Congratulations up to this point. And, and obviously, good luck into, you know, into the judging. As you say, Gordon, not easy because, you know, we've got some, uh, again this year, some really top, uh, some top names in it. Gordon, let me leave it to you, and then I'll just close it out after, after your last comments. Yeah, um, again, congratulations, Jared. It's fantastic, and, and great to see young people embracing the award. Um, I, you know, I think one of the things which has come through to me um, in the last week or two, and going back to our chat a week or so uh, back, back with Momentum, is market is taking the initiative. Uh, I just happen to be watching at the moment the offer, which is that remarkable TV series on Netflix about uh, the making of The Godfather. 
And, you know, the passion with which producers like Alan Ruddy pursued their concept and they didn't let anybody get in the way. And I think it's really good to see marketers embracing, you know, or you know, laying claim to the driver's seat uh, rather than just sitting back and letting themselves be dictated to by agency. So I think, I think that's really a good thing because we, then we're both going to be winners. If my marketing partners are, are driving me uh, through excellence, I have to up my game. So I think it's a win-win for everybody when marketers uh, start driving the bus again. So congratulations and look forward to seeing the outcome. Thanks, Gordon. And uh, it's good coming from a fellow Shark supporter too. I, uh, I'm very happy to hear that you're, that you're a Shark supporter. I'm sure uh, you are also happy to see two South African teams in the, in the final of the URC, but I think next year is our year. Yeah, as long as you didn't wear your Sharks uh, jersey a week or so ago at the, the final of the New Year's. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't that guy. I wasn't that guy in the stadium with his Sharks jersey, no, no. See, stick him on a boat for six days, Gordon, and he becomes a Shark. I mean, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks very much. Jared, again, thanks. And... Uh, from our side again, you know, well done and, and congratulations. To our listeners out there, please stay part of the conversation. Chat with Gordon and I or our great, interesting guests. And this week, uh, you know, with Gordon's new air fryer, I've renamed him Gordon Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me a license, presumably, to use language on the show, which was previously uh, considered unacceptable. No, it's a family show, Gordon. <laughs> Just stick with the fish fingers in the air fryer for your grandkids and everyone will be happy. Guys, thanks, Gordon. I'll catch you next week. Jared, thanks for your time. Uh, congratulations, and we'll, we'll see you later. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.